Party people, back with another episode of the Ice Cold Show. Boy, oh boy, the playoffs are heating up. We had two good games tonight. Two, uh, you know, we had a, a game, another blowout. Um, we also had some games yesterday. We're gonna touch up on. First things first. Let's start off with congratulations to Jordan Clarkson. Uh, we talked about it last episode. He did pull away with the six men of the year. Um, it was kind of dope to see them present the award to him on TNT. Um, they had his teammate who was also in the running, Joe Ingles, produce, uh, I mean, present him with the award. First player in Utah Jazz history to win the six men of the year award. Congratulations, man. I'm really proud of you. Um, loved when you played in Mizzou, watching your journey with the Lakers, um, seeing you play in Cleveland. Uh, finding a home right here in Utah, man. It's nice to see you playing. I'm uh, happy to see you grinding. I'm ready to see what you do in the future. Um, next, we want to congratulate my boy Julius Randle for the New York New York Knicks. Uh, coming away with the most improved award. We talked about him. We had him in our All-NBAs and our MVP candidates. And um, I had him winning this award. Uh, he had a great year, man. I went to get another Laker. Uh, saw him come in. Uh, really wanted Marcus Smart. I'll, I'll never forget, Marcus Smart was picked by the Celtics right before him, and we got Julius Randle, and I was like, hey, at least we got Julius. He got hurt uh, first game, of course, but he bounced back, and he's turning his career into a great career. Um, it's, the sky's the limit for that man. If he can continue to ball like he's been balling, the sky is the limit. Um, now, let's jump into these games because, boy, oh, boy, my Lakers, we 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 pulled it together. We played like champions. We pulled together a tight, tight, tight win against the Phoenix Suns, Lakers 109, Suns 102 to tie the series one and one. Um, man, the ending of this game was amazing. Um, it was tight. It was close. Lakers pulled away at the end and shot free throws. The foul game at the end, you know, prolonged the game when it was pretty much over. LeBron had a big dagger three with about 50 seconds left in the game uh, to kind of seal the game for us. Chris Paul did not play, did not look healthy today. Um, we'll see if he picks it up uh, and plays game three. Um, sad to say because that's one of my favorite players, and it would have been very nice to see him uh, go against LeBron in the mental game, uh, trying to see who can score points. Because uh, there was a point in time, and that game was tight. It had a very old-school feel to the game. Uh, both teams are shooting piss poor from three. They both shot 30% tonight. Uh, can't buy a bucket from deep. And they're both playing great defense. The physicality is there. Um, the, I like what I'm seeing on the screens. I'm like what I'm seeing, how they're switching on the ball. Um, we start off with LeBron, first off, has never been down 0-2 in the playoffs in his career, obviously excluding the finals. Never been down 0-2, did not start tonight. Uh, we came out aggressive, finally. Um, Suns kind of were sloppy. They turned the ball over a lot in the first quarter. Um, AD started off with a very interesting flagrant foul on Crowder. Um, I can see he did kind of flail. Looks like he was kicking his feet out, but he does that fadeaway all the time. Fortunately, he hit, you know... He had Crowder where the sun don't shine, and they got a, got a flagrant for it, which was an interesting call. Um, you take that how you want. The NBA is – I mean, I'm not going to get fined for saying it, but these referees, the NBA got to figure this out because 
It's driving me crazy. Um, like I said, Suns had a very sloppy first quarter. Bron had a quick 10 points in the first quarter, uh, two steals. Um, we didn't have an answer for Booker in the first quarter. He had 10 points as well to match LeBron. Um, the Lakers played 11 guys in the first order. Yeah, in the first quarter, yeah, KCP um, picking up two quick fouls. AD picked up two quick fouls, so we had to rotate some guys in. Uh, Mar Marquise Morris played for the first time. He didn't play, I believe, last game, and neither did Marcus Sol. Uh, they started getting minutes minutes in the first. Uh, Reggie Miller. He was beating a dead horse. I mean, all game. Next time, we'll try to count it out. All game. It was Chris Paul's shoulder. I don't know Chris Paul on his shoulder. I know his shoulder's getting tight on the bench. I wonder how many minutes Chris, Chris Paul would play. And it was so redundant. But it was definitely um, the point of emphasis because their offense is a little different. Um, to me, they're just a little less dangerous with Chris Paul not playing. That being said, Cam Payton. Uh, Cameron Payne, I mean, he played out of his mind. Um, he went from the guy we knew as the handshake guy with Russ for me to last year I'm watching him play in Phoenix, and I'm like, hey, that's the handshake, handshake guy from Russ, the dancing guy. To this year, I'm like, but that boy Cameron Payne is a dog. And, um, I mean, he was penetrating all game. He penetrated. He got to the rim. He broke down our defense repeatedly, and he was able to find Aiton for easy dunks. Um, in the paint, and Aiden killed us in the first half. I think Aiden had a double double or close to it in the first half, or he had a, uh, he had good points in the first half. Um, you just I just felt like you knew early the Lakers weren't gonna lose this game. Um, the intensity level was there. Um, Drummond had a double double before half, finished with twelve, uh, finished with fifteen points and twelve rebounds in the game. Uh, Booker second quarter wasn't uh, as good as his first. He kind of had a slow second quarter. Uh, Aiton was killing us though, like I said, from the first half, fourteen points, and he was seven for seven from the field, just perfect from the field. I think he missed one game, uh, one one shot in game one. Uh, Dennis Smith, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, he really looked good in the first half. He had uh, 16 points at half, finished with 24 total. He was able to attack, hit a couple big shots, hit a couple threes that were wide open. I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, Caruso picked it up for us today defensively. He was everywhere. Every time there's a hustle play to be made, Alex Caruso is the first one in line to make the play. Had this big block on um, DeAndre Ayton's dunk attempt. It was after, I think, Cameron Payne broke down the defense uh, in the third quarter, found DeAndre Ayton, which should have been a wide-open dunk. Caruso comes flying in to block the ball. Uh, it was plays like that that left, let us win this game. Um, Booker came out after a bad second quarter and was very fluid in the third, hitting his shots. Um, Marcus Sowell, we mentioned him playing earlier. And like I said, he didn't play um, in the first game. But when he was on the floor, he hit a big three late in the game, I will say, of course. But he compromises our defense because I think maybe with his old age, maybe that's what it is. Um, no disrespect to the man, but his foot speed on the on the switches. Basically, they're putting him in the pick and roll and they're attacking him. He's either he comes out and his foot speed is too slow, so they're getting to the rim, or he's not hedging or not coming all the way out, a la Rudy Gobert back in the day against Curry. Um not flashing up, and they're getting wide open threes. Uh, Cameron Payne hit a three in his face. Um, I forget someone else hit a three in his face too, but definitely um, we're going to have to figure that rotation out. I know AD doesn't like to play the center, but, man, it's not about what you like, brother. We're we going to need you to play center if we're going to win a championship this year. Um, you can see LeBron toward the end of the third quarter start to turn it up. Hit a couple big shots, including a fadeaway right before the quarter ended, right as the shot clock was going off. But then uh, Cam Johnson, 
He came and hit two big threes to close out the third to keep the Suns in it. He played pretty fantastic defense tonight on the Lakers, uh, on LeBron. LeBron still did what he did, of course. Had a big, tough fadeaway in the, on the left corner. Another three off the two-man game with him and AD. He hit in that corner. Um, but Cam Johnson was there. He was bodying him up. He putting his hand in his face. You do what you can. You can't stop the great players, man. The great players are going to do what they're going to do. But you can make the game tough for them. And I definitely think these young guys... Led by Chris Paul, whether he's playing or not, man, they they got this fire and this intensity that matches their leaders. And I love to watch this team play. Unfortunately, they're coming against the Lakers. And what's good for the Lakers is not being having all these games together. Um, we we did pick up Drummond when LeBron was out with the ankle injury. Um, AD's been struggling with a calf strain, the Achilles strain or whatever it was all year long. So the continuity, we ne we never really got to get it. Um, late in the game when LeBron came back, he was 100%, so he sat to the play-in game. We won the play-in game. We looked very sloppy in game one. We looked way better in game two. Uh, still a little sloppy, but it's good for me to watch us be able to learn on the fly and get a good test from Phoenix every night because this is what we're going to need to get us ready for what's coming down the line in the rest of the playoffs, including potentially the finals. Um, if it's Brooklyn, if it's Phoenix, I mean Brooklyn, if it's Philly, or if it's um, Milwaukee, or whoever else comes out of the East, man, these teams are good. And we are going to have to pick it up. And I think playing teams like the Sun is really going to help us really build our, our continuity, build some trust. And I like the fact that Vogel was able to play nine guys tonight. I mean, 11 guys tonight, even in the first quarter. We didn't get a lot from those guys. Um, we didn't get a lot of bench points. But what we did get, we needed all of it. Um, Crowder couldn't buy a three in this series uh, before before he hit probably the biggest shot in the in the game for the Suns, um, just to keep them in. And when it felt like the momentum was draining, he had a big, big, big um, four-point play three and hit the free throw, jawed a little bit with Montrez Harrell over there on the bench, who I would love to see get minutes in this series. Uh, he was productive in game one. But Crowder hit a big three to keep them in the game. And then, of course, like I said, Brian hit the dagger. Finished with 23 points, 9 assists, and 4 rebounds. AD, the the MVP of the game, man, 34 points, um, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks. He had 3 fouls, too, better than the one he had. You know, he was contesting shots a little more, even if they're a little chippy. He played a little bit more physical, and I love to see it. He attacked the rim more. He was 18 for 21 from the free throw line. So he had 21 free throw attempts, and the Lakers shot 31 as a team. Um, two for four from three. He didn't settle for a lot of jumpers and a lot of threes tonight. Um, when he did, he shot at 50%, so you can't be mad at that. Love what I saw from AD defensively. Big block uh, on a play where I think Aiden had Caruso posted up, our shooter posted up. AD came with a block that helped us clutch. He hit a big three late. And late in the game, the Suns kept it up with their foul game, and he was able to hit them, consistently hit those free throws when we needed them. Um, like I said, we finished 27 for 31 from the free throw line. Even LeBron was one for one tonight. We didn't we didn't uh, waste a lot of opportunities at the free throw line. We only missed four free throws, and AD missed three of them. Um, Suns were shooting great from the free throw line, too. For, so for two teams who can't buy a three, a three-pointer this series. They're both shooting great from the free throw line in game two. They were 28 for 30. So you can't complain that the fouls were here. Or This was one of the games where I felt like the refs, they didn't make themselves too much of a present. You didn't think about the calls too much. It was beautiful, high-level basketball. It was great to watch. This has been 
one of the better games we've seen in probably the last four or five playoff games. We've seen a lot of blowouts, and this was the one that stuck with us since maybe the Knicks game. So definitely enjoyed this game. Um, Booker finished with 31 points. He was 17 for 17 from the free throw line. He didn't miss one. Um, DeAndre Ayton finished with 22 points, 10 rebounds, and he was 11 for 13 from the field. Like I said, man, I can't wait to see what happens in game three. We're going, we're going back to L.A., uh, we're going to see what these fans are going to be like the first time having a, a big crowd in L.A. I think the crowd's improved. It's going to be increased since uh, before um, when we raised the banner. So I want to see Laker faithful come out there and be loud and be crazy. We need you. We need the energy, guys. We need the energy. Just Phoenix Suns team, man. They had me nervous today. I was just thinking there's no way that these Lakers can go 0-2 because the segues right into my next segment. The Clippers, oh my God. The Los Angeles Clippers are down 0-2 to the Dallas Mavericks. And I can't say I saw this coming. I definitely um, had the Clippers winning tonight. I had the Clippers going to, I didn't think they were going to win convincingly, but I figured they were going to pull it out. I just think the Mavs are just going to be a tough out. They were a tough out for them last year. I think there's added fuel to the fire being that. Kind of seems like you can make your own assumptions, but I would, I'm safe to bet that the Clippers did not try to win their last couple games of the season. I think they played Chicago and they played uh, the Thunder. Um, lost to both of those teams, or the Rockets in the Thunder. Lost to the, both of those teams back-to-back, um, so they wouldn't have to be in the Lakers' side of the bracket. And I don't know if the Mavs felt disrespected. I, I'm sure Luka feels some type of way about you know what happened with them last year with Montrez Harrell and Marcus Morris. And he also, um, in the regular season, there was a little bit of chippiness between these teams. Dallas has came to play. And I'm going to just tell you this right now. If the Mavs can keep shooting like they are from three, there's no way the Clippers are going to win this series. Um, the Mavs started the game. They shot out of a cannon. They they had a, like a 12-4 to four lead or something early. But the Clippers were able to do what they always do. They they closed it out and they kept it, you know, kept the game close to a one-point game or so at the end of the first. But it seems like the Clippers can't seem to break away, man. They'll get a little bit of the lead. And then the Mavs start hitting threes again. Um, there was no answer for Luka. They were putting everybody on him tonight. He just carried them. He just was showing why he's a superstar at 22 years old, why he's one of the best players in the NBA at 22 years old. Um, I think next year is probably going to be Luka's MVP year. Um, he's just special. Two years of playoff experience against some of the best defenders in the world in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And he's just torching them, like repeatedly torching them all over the floor from deep. Uh, he was getting to the rim. He had a poster on Marcus Morris that was filthy. Um, he also, he, he's hitting layups. He's contorting his body. He's getting the ones. He's The man is doing it all, man, and it's beautiful to see. And he's not doing it alone. He's getting some help from Tim Hardaway Jr., who finished the game with 28 points, five assists, six for eight from three. Um, Hardaway is really being comfortable in this series. He's coming into his own offensively. Uh, I met him one time at a Kings game when he played for the Knicks. Also, uh, watched him a lot at Michigan with uh, Trey Burke when he was in college. And he, he just looks good, man. He's shooting the ball with confidence. He's rising up in his spots where he feels comfortable. Um, there's not a doubt in his mind when the jumper goes up. He's attacking the rim. He's just making plays all over the floor. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Hardaway. Maxi Kleber was two for two from three from them today. Um, it shows that they didn't have... Porzingis last year because this year he's been a factor. Um, he's been a tough. He's been a tough guard for 
the Clippers to kind of match up with, I thought, with the Clippers' new moves. They got Ibaka. Um, Morris was playing great for them that maybe they'd be able to combat Porzingis. But they haven't really been able to keep up with him. He's had a pretty decent game. He's hitting threes. He finished with 20 points, four rebounds, three steals. Or, yeah, three steals tonight, three for four from three. Um, he also was 8 for 12 from the field, so he's shooting great from the field. Uh, my X Factor for the Mavs has been Jalen Brunson. He really didn't do much tonight, only had 9 points. Um, but, you know, they didn't. They don't need it if they're shooting like they are from 3. They shot from 66% from 3 at, by half, ended the game with 52% from 3. So, I mean, <laughs> they're hitting every other 3 just about. Every time they shoot a 3, they're hitting every other one. Um, interesting stat for this for this this series that we're going to keep our eyes on. I noticed it a little bit last game, but I'm noticing it a lot this game. In the half, the Clippers bench had 21 points to the Mavs 10. But the Mavs starters are outplaying the Clippers starters. Um it's interesting. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi are doing they're playing excellent. Like they're they're doing everything for this team offensively and they're playing pretty good defense. I think Kawhi had 30 points at halftime. Um, 10 for 10 for 14 from the field, 7 for 8 from the free throw line, and Paul George had 17 points at half. He was 0 for 4 from 3. But the rest of the Clippers starters didn't do anything else. Like they, Marcus Morris was, like I said, a great three-point shooter all year, has not been able to hit a three. He ended the game 2 for 5. Um, they're just not getting production. Zubox is not having a, a match, a good matchup, I guess, in this series. Um which is interesting to me. You would think that he would be able to do what he does and get those offensive rebounds, keeping plays and possessions alive, but he's just not. I don't know what it is about the Clippers. I don't know if it's a curse. I don't know what's going on with the Clippers, but I don't like it. <laughs> um, if you're a Clipper, if I'm a Clipper fan, I'm worried. We're going to Dallas down 0-2. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. The Clippers is getting to the line at half, 13 for 14. They played well. There was nothing glaring that I saw that made me say, um, you know, this is the reason why the Clippers are losing. I, I feel like they're not getting a lot of production from their role players, but, I mean, they are role players, man. Some are better than others. They're iffy, and right now the Mavs role players are a bit more on a hot streak than the Clippers. Um, it was a 73-71 score a half. It was a high-scoring game. Um, PG, Paul George hit a nasty in and out on KCP, broke him down. Um, the game was looking really good, and then the Mavs just took away late. Um, they they took they took the game and ran with it late, and the Clippers ended up making it close again. They fought back and clawed back, tried to get back in it, but they couldn't get back in it. Um, Luka just was amazing, 39.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Did have 7 turnovers. But, I mean, you got the win. Hopefully you can clean it up in the next game, but you got the win. Uh, five for 13 from threes. Kawhi ended up finished with 41 points, six rebounds, four assists. He was nine for 10 from the from the free throw line, four for seven from three. Paul George had 28 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, one for seven from three. Reggie Jackson had 15 points. Um, Paul George got to stop shooting threes and get to the rim, man. It is what it is. The Clippers bench. The whole Clippers bench had a positive plus minus, right? The whole Mavs bench had a negative plus minus, except for Dwight Powell, but he was only plus one. Maybe you shake up the starting lineup. Maybe you see what Batum looks like on the floor. I don't know. Um, maybe Rondo has not been playoff Rondo. Not tonight. He wasn't playoff Rondo. He only had, I think, about four points. 
I'm, I don't know what the Clippers can do but play better. They're going to have to lock in defensively. They're going to have to stop the transition points. They're going to have to stop giving up open threes. You're going to have to run those guys off the three-point line because, hey, all they got to do is win four games. Do I think the Mavs can shoot like this the, the remainder of the playoffs? No, I don't. This is, they're shooting better than they shot all year. But in a four-game stretch, can they continually shoot 50, 50% from three? Damn near. Damn near. And I don't know what I don't know what the Clippers can do if that's the case. If they can't stop, if Kawhi can't take Luca out the game, and be the defender that he is, I don't know. I don't know what what the future is for the Clippers. I don't know if they're gonna still be together after this season. I do not know. We're, it's I'm interested to find out because this is crazy. Uh, definitely never saw this coming. Didn't think that I would see this happening. So. Going to keep my eyes on this series as we move on over to game three and as we move to Dallas. Um, going back to another game, too, what a blowout by the Bucks. The Bucks they, they take care of the Heat handedly, 132-98. Um, the Bucks have taken it personal that they got put out in the playoffs by the Heat. There was um, definitely rumors that Giannis could be joining the Heat. Um, Chris Middleton is continu- continually torching the Heat um, since that series. I don't know what it is about the bubble. I don't know if it's bubble ball. So the Heat was my team that I had going to the finals before the playoffs started last year. Um, I thought that they would make the run that they did. I was not surprised when they made that run. Going into this season, it's different. I don't feel the same intensity from that team. They've had a long season. The road to get to me, even in the playoffs, was a, a long, tough road, and they picked it up late. I don't know. They just look a little gassed. Um, the Bucks started off on an 8-0 run. Giannis hit a pull-up three. Then he hit a layup. Then DiVincenzo hits another three. Um, Adebayo started the game off 0-3. for He has the same... Uh, Thing. He does the same thing that I see Anthony Davis does that irritates me. I think you should start the game trying to get to the rim. Um, if you want to get your jump shot to fall and own your jump shot in the game, I think you do that from the free throw line. I think you use your size, your speed, your athleticism, um, your post moves, and your smarts of the game to get yourself in the paint and finish easy baskets or get to the line. Then you slow the game down, you get your points, you calm down, you hit those free throws, and now you're in a great rhythm. Instead, I think they settled too much for jumpers early, and the Bucks just jumped all on it. Um, game was about 12 to 2. Giannis and Ariza drama starts. Ariza pushes up, pushes up off of Giannis later in the game, gets a flag, a technical flagrant, whatever it is. Giannis kind of steps on them. It was a lot of chippiness between this game. You're starting to see the animosity between teams rise up. You saw it a little bit in the Lakers game in game one with the Suns. You saw it again tonight. Um, you saw it in the game with the Bucks with Bobby Portis later in this game. You saw a little bit with the you know, with the uh, Celtics and the, the Nets, even though the, the series is a blowout, you talk Tristan Thompson making the comments of we're not scared of them and things like that. Um, the whole Kawhi in Boston, he made a couple comments about their fans out there. So it'll be interesting to see how this series goes, what Miami's going to do. Um, they're, they just have to play better. They just have to play better. Jimmy Butler was four for ten from the field with ten points, four assists. He just can't. You can't. He's the best player on that team. You cannot just shoot the ball ten times. It's unacceptable. Um, Bam finished with sixteen points. A lot of that scored in garbage minutes of a blowout. It got very, very chippy late. It got very sloppy. Um, for the Heat, a bright spot that I saw from the Heat was D- uh, Dwayne Dedman. He had eight points. 
Uh, he was 8 for 11 from the field with 19 points and 9 rebounds. I liked his intensity. To me, he was the guy on the Miami Heat who came to play. Um, once he put you put him in the game, I saw his in, the intensity kind of be contagious for a while and try to spread to the other teammates, but they just didn't have the spark tonight. But he did play well consistently. I would love to see them try to find him some more minutes. Um, another body to throw at Giannis at least. Um, he's got six fouls to, to to use on Giannis and Brooke Lopez. And if he's going to play and bring that intensity, you got to put him on the floor. Um, Drogic is stepping up again in the playoffs. He had 18 points, um, second in scoring, I think, behind Deadman. And my X factor for the Heat, man, is not showing up. Tyler Hero, he's one for five. He shot four. He's one for five with four points, and he was just getting cooked on defense. Like, everybody just took a turn. He just looks lost out there. He looks like he doesn't know what's going on. He's got the deer in headlights. And I think, not do I think the Heat are a bubble ball team, but I do I do think there's a little validity in Tyler Hero um, struggling in the NBA with these fans. Um, yeah, you know, he had fans in the games last year, but in the bubble when he was able to shine, it was very quiet. There was not a lot of fans. There was no fans in the bubble. It was able for him to focus on his game, his jump shot, and just hone his skills. But I think right now he's kind of he's kind of during headlights. He didn't he didn't look well in those first two games in Milwaukee. Um, it's, the, the stadium's going to be packed in Miami, so hopefully that helps boost his confidence. But I need to see something out of him. Or this Miami's gonna get swept if he doesn't pick it up. Um, I, I just need more, man. I need you to attack. I need you to shoot the ball more than five times. That lets me know you're not who you are. Because Tyler Hero is not a guy who lacked confidence last year. He was a guy who was gonna shoot the ball and his he was gonna get to his spots. He was gonna shoot the ball and he was confident. Um, I'm just not seeing that from him. Duncan Duncan Robinson after starting the game off so well in game one for them and keeping them in it when the other guy struggled, he only took six shots. Um, he's probably the best shooter on that Miami Heat team, and I think he's got to shoot the ball, especially when you're down but like this and you're getting blown out. Try to find a rhythm for yourself. Try to get out there and find your shots and find your spot and see what their defense is giving you. Um, got, I, I got to see more from the Heat. I don't like their effort. I don't like what's going on. I don't think they made any adjustments. And on the flip side, I mean, Giannis, Giannis did his thing, man. 31 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. He had 3 steals. He was 6 for 7 from the free throw line. So all that, you know... 10-second violation, maybe they sped him up. Maybe it was a good thing because he was 6-for-7 from the free throw line. 1-for-7 from 3. Um, didn't really matter because it was a blowout. He hit the first one he took, but I like that he took the time that he was on the floor to shoot those threes. You got open. The game is pretty much won. Take those threes and try to find yourself a rhythm. Middleton, he just had a game where I felt like he didn't even put a lot of effort. He just kind of went out there and was just a savant. He just took the game as it came. He didn't force it at all. He took what was in front of him and he hit the shots. Um, he was 17 points, 6 for 6 from the free throw line, 3 for 3 from 3, and 4 for 5 from the field. So he didn't miss He didn't miss but one time. Um, Holiday was quiet offensively, like I said, too. He just kind of let the game come to him. He had 11 points, uh, 15 assists, and 7 rebounds. Um, Pat Connington was 5 for 9 from 3. 
he had a great game. The Bucks shoot 41.5% from three compared to 16% the game before. So a team that I said, if you watch episode one and go back, I said, I don't think the Bucks are going to shoot 16% from three again for the rest of this series. And boy, oh boy, did they not. They shot over 40%. Um, they tied a record for the most threes in a playoff quarter as a team who also set the record for most threes in a game with 29 against the Heat earlier in the season in a game, I believe, in December. Um, the box, the Bucks dominated the glass, 61 to 36. The Heat shot 35 free throws, but they only were 68% from the free throw line, so they weren't hitting their shots from there as well. Just an overall bad shooting performance in Milwaukee. Um, the Bucks had 34 assists to the Heat 20. The Bucks had the ball moving on a yo-yo. The Heat is a team that thrives on ball movement. They don't have those kind of stars who run heavy ISO and just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. Like Jimmy Butler likes to get the ball moving. He likes to catch the ball on the post and do his thing, but he can pass out of the post. Duncan Robinson comes off a lot of curls and pin downs and flare screens and to shoot threes, and they usually assist him on that. But there wasn't a lot of that going on. I'd like to see a little more ball movement. Eric Spolcher's going to have to sit down and figure out a game plan. Um, the Heat only shooting 28%. From three, um, 48% from in game one and only 28% in game three, that he ended their streak of 100-point games. They only scored 19. Or, or they ended their streak at 100-point games scored at 19. So um, a team who scored 100 points in 19 straight games, they're just getting, they're getting shut down. And uh, I want to start a new award. And uh, I don't know how often we're going to do awards like this, but I felt for this game – this guy needed the special shout out. We're going to call this the Man in the Room Award. This going to go out to the guy who was the man in the room. Like in the arena, this guy was the man. This guy took over. This guy captivated. This guy had a special night. And for me, that guy was Bryn Forbes, Spartan Dog from Michigan State. Um, with the Cleveland State transfer to Michigan State, known as a three-point shooter, spent some years under Popovich out in San Antonio. Um, he had a career high 47% from the field, 45% from the three this season. He played in 70 games for the Bucks. He averaged 10 points and seven for seven. Um, he averaged 10 points. He had seven for seven for three this year in a game against the Knicks earlier this year. So this this shooting performance that he had tonight was not his first night having a good three point night with the Bucks this year. Um, the Bucks scored one thirty four as a team that night against the Knicks and are eight and three when Forbes hit four or more threes in a game this year. So when when Brent Forbes hits, Brent Forbes hit more than four threes. 11 times this year. Out of those 11 games, the Bucks won eight of them. That's a high percentage. When he's hitting those threes, they're very hard to stop because it's just another guy you got to worry about. Um, Devin Chinjo hit a couple a couple big shots for them tonight, and he played played well. Um, I just I just can't can't say enough about Brent Forrest, man. It was a career high for playoff points, career high in threes made in the playoffs and attempted, career playoff high field goal percentage was 66%. He definitely had a great game, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 6 for 9 from 3, 8 for 12 from the field. Bucks have a night, man. Miami Heat, I see I, I see this season didn't just go out. It just didn't go as you planned. The reason move um, didn't have the impact he thought it would. I feel like um, I didn't really understand the Victor Oladipo move, and here he is not playing. Probably will miss all year next year. Um I think Miami needs to take some time and focus on them and, and you know, think what they're going to do. I think maybe they come out really strong in game three. 
But the way this series is going, I, I think they maybe have a close game three loss and then it breaks their backs and maybe my maybe Milwaukee sweeps them this year, which is definitely what Milwaukee wants to do because if we're looking ahead a little, a little bit, they got the winner of the Brooklyn Nets Boston Celtics series and they want they want the sweep and they want to get as much rest as they can in pre- preparation because it looks like the Nets are going to sweep the Celtics. Um, going into our, our other game from the from yesterday, we had the Blazers and the Nuggets. Um, what a game for the Nuggets to tie the series 1-1, 128 to 109. Uh, they beat the Blazers. The Nuggets meant business early and often. The whole game that felt like the Blazers were just four steps behind. They couldn't they couldn't get ahead. When they took uh, one step forward, they got knocked back three steps, and the Nuggets were just aggressive. They were in your face. They were chippy. It was a very, very, very gritty win. I didn't see that coming from Denver. Denver doesn't look like a team or remind me of a team that has those kind of dogs on their team where they're just going to grit and grind. Uh, Will Barton is one of those guys to me, but he's injured. Um, Jamal Murray has an edge to him, but I didn't expect them to come out and play, um, let's say, kind of like Memphis does, just in your face, very intense, but they did. Um, these teams playing the playoffs a couple of years ago, um, I think be to, the game to get to the Western Conference Finals, the series before that, and you can kind of see that tension arising again. It was about three techs on the Nuggets, two flagrants on the Blazers, uh, techs on the Blazers' assistant coach. You had Melo pushing Joker, uh, the Joker. You had... Um, What's his name? McCullum kind of pushing Compazzo. Compazzo doing the irritating stuff Compazzo does. You just love it. I think game three is going to be fire. We we're, we we got, our, we got our hands on a good game coming up to see who's going to – it's the rubber match, man. It's 1-1. We're going to see who takes over. Um, the Nuggets were led by Joker today. Um, no surprise. He's the guy I got winning MVP. He had 38 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. He was 6 for 6 from the free throw line, 15 for 20 from the field goal. Uh, as field goes, and he was 50% from three. Um, it was amazing. Um, the thing that changed the game was definitely Aaron Gordon. Um, that trade just it's been paying off since they made the trade, and then today he really showed, or yesterday he really showed the value he brings to the team. He played amazing defense on Damian Lillard, which changed the whole dynamic of the game. They already had a good lead, they were playing well, but putting um, Aaron Gordon. On Damian Lillard is a big guy. He's long. He's got, you know, he's got foot speed, but he's also got the lateral quickness. And he's got these long arms where he was able to contest shots for Dame. Even if Dame was able to get the step on him and break him down and make a good move, he was able to still get back into play and recover. He held Dame to only one three in the first in the second half and 10 points, which is significant because Dame lit them up in the first half. Um, Michael Porter Jr. had 18 points for, for Denver. And he was five for thirteen from the field, three from six for the from uh, three percentage. So that was fifty percent from three. Um, when the game before he was one for ten, so he definitely shot less threes and he was hitting them, which was great to see. And he was five for five from the free throw line, which is a welcome sign because I highlighted last game he didn't have a free throw and he shot so bad from the field. And I said, hey, he's got to adjust. You got to know that if hey my shot's not falling, I got to get to the rim and you got to draw fouls. And I think he definitely did this game and it it was key for them. Um, Gordon, uh, Aaron Gordon also hit two threes, which is big. He was two for two from three and had sixteen po- or had thirteen points and six rebounds, as well as played that great defense 
on uh, Damian Lillard. So that was good. My X Factor, it was Paul Millsap. Um, I think I had someone else for their X Factor before, but it, it, it was Austin Rivers. And I think I'm going to have to change that to Paul Millsap because Paul Millsap had three points last game and today followed that up with 15 points and seven rebounds. It was everywhere. Um, he was he was feisty. He got a foul at shooting a three-pointer three to just keep the, the crowd into the game. The crowd was amazing in Denver. Um, blowing kisses at Damian Lillard and all kind of stuff. It was an amazing game. Uh, my X Factor for um, for the Blazers did not show up. Um, Carmelo Anthony had five points, one for five from the field, got the tech or the flagrant. He was one for four from three, which is not what he was <laughs> from the first game. Um, five fouls, two turnovers, just a piss poor game for Melo. Man, it happens. Um, hate to see it happen to my guy, but it does happen. Love to see him pick it up, but him being my X Factor – X Factor in this series for Portland I just showed, man, he had a bad game and Portland needed him to not have a bad game. Um, Dame, like I said, led the way in the first half, hitting 10 threes in the first half, just lighting them up from deep, from the logo, from everywhere, over people. He just was doing Dame stuff. And to me, Dame was the only one who came to play. He finished off with 42 points, 10 assists. He had four rebounds. He was 11 for 13 from the free throw line. He was getting to the line, 9 for 16 from three. So he's shooting a lot of threes, but he's hitting them. Um, CJ did play well. He had 21 points, six rebounds, but he had five turnovers, um, one for two from the free throw line. I would like to see him get a little more a little more aggressive and take it to the rim a little more. He is a mid-range assassin, so I do understand him shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers and pulling up because of his size going in that paint, but I would see him try to get to the foul more, foul line more, try to get Jokic in a little more foul trouble, be a little bit more beneficial. He was still two for three from three. He didn't shoot bad from three. He didn't shoot bad from the field, nine for 12. So the two stars for Denver, or for Portland did their thing, man. They had a combined 63 points. They did what they were supposed to do, but um, another key, as long with the X-Factor and Melo, another thing that really hurt, really, really hurt Blazers was Nurkic. Um, Yusuf Nurkic only had seven points and 13 rebounds. And like I said um, last last episode, Nurkic didn't get hurt and he didn't foul out. And if you know Nurkic, that's a big thing. He fouled out this game. Um, two for eight from the field. It's hard to get a rhythm when you're in foul trouble all game like he was. He got his fifth foul late in the game as Portland was trying to make a run on a comeback. And it was an interesting move by Terry Stotts to kind of let him play. I get it. I mean, you already took the split and you're looking to maybe, you know, try to keep him on the game to see if you could turn the tie, but it didn't work. He got his foul and that was pretty much it. Um, I believe the Blazers will bounce back. I believe this series will go six games. I don't think somebody wins at fives. And I also believe that Damian Lillard will drop 50 in one of these games in Portland. I think he gets 50 either game three or game four. They don't have an answer for that, man. They can't guard that, man. And if Jokic is going to continue to play that way and Nurkic is not going to be able to stop him like he hasn't been, Dame's going Dame's to have to take off like a rocket. Um, I like what Charles Barkley said about this game. He said it looks like the Blazers are one of those teams who came in and got the split and were comfortable with getting the split. Um, they took home court advantage, and I, I kind of saw that intensity wasn't there like it was in game one, except for with Dame Lillard. Um, the Blazers have to match the intensity inside. Uh, they just have to. Um, Nurk's got to be a factor. Cantor's got to be a factor. You got to figure out what's, what you're going to do inside. Because as soon as Nurkic went out of the game, as soon as he fouled out, like the very next play is like an offensive rebound for Denver in the N one. Like right in the paint. Um, they gave up, Blazers gave up 54 points in the paint. Um, 
as and they only scored 32. So, you know, the Nuggets killed them in the paint. And um, the Nuggets had 29 assists to the Blazers 15. And that may not seem like a big deal because if you know the Blazers team, they do run a lot of ISO ball with Damian Lillard holding the ball a lot. There is some pick and roll in there with Nurkic, but he was hurt this game, which kind of hurt their assists. But game one, Damian Lillard had 13 assists by his damn self. In game two, the Blazers only had 15 assists as a team, and Dame had 10 of those, so they got to move the ball. If they're going to put this guy on him and they're going to put this long guy on him, they're going to have to move the ball. You can't rely on him to shoot, or you take the ball out of his hands, maybe give Simons a little more run and let him control the ball, and you just run Damian Lillard off a lot of picks and actions to try to get that big guy off of him and give him some space as far as Aaron Gordon. Um, Nuggets did have 29 assists, so they moved the ball. It was, it was a good game, man. It was definitely a good game um, for the Nuggets. Um, it was spurts where the Portland Trailblazers kept it close. But game three should be a brunch and burner, and I, I can't wait to see it. Um, last but not least, we got probably the least competitive series, um, the hardest series to talk about, the hardest series for me to enjoy because the Brooklyn Nets are just steamrolling the Celtics. Um, the Celtics came out, and they just looked flat. They look like a team who wants to play, and as soon as the Nets start hitting those shots, as soon as the first couple start to fall, they start to slowly but surely just take themselves out of the game. They kept it close as, as much as they could in the first quarter, but the Nets had a first quarter that was terrible in game one, and they turned it around and had a first quarter where they played outstanding this this game tonight. Um, Joe Joe Harris had 11 straight points at one point. He hit like nine. He hit uh, nine straight from three, so he had three straight threes for nine straight points from three, and followed up with a Castile and a layup. Um, the Nets showed truly how many weapons they have from three, because it wasn't just Joe Harris who had a great night from three. Um, they just had guys who hit one-off threes when they needed them. You know, you had um, Jeff Green hitting big shots uh, when they needed it. You had Blake Griffin scoring like 11 points, just timely points. Just whenever you feel like these guys just, or you got them covered, or they miss a shot, or it's a bad pass, or you they caught you caught them off guard, boom. One of the others hit a shot. If, they're, if Joe Harris is scoring like that, they're going to be very hard to beat. Um, Jason Tatum... He just looked checked out to me today. He continues to shoot poorly in this series. Um, and my thing with him is not that he's shooting poorly. It's that he's not shooting. Um, he only had nine points. He was three for 12 from the field, four rebounds. I just think it was a piss poor effort from him because it's like, hey, man, whether you're scoring or not, you are this team. This team, you don't have Jalen Brown. We know you don't have Jalen Brown. Your second best option to score is Kimball Walker. And after that is Evan Fournier. So, and that's going against, you know, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. You can't shoot 12 shots. Unfortunately, he did get poked in the eye in this game um, and had left the game and didn't return in the third, which was smart. There's no reason to put him out there when you're getting thrashed. Um, hopefully, he'll, he's good enough to play. Um, I mean, it was an eye poke. I don't know if it was so brutal that he won't be able to play, but I don't see – I can see, the you know, Boston not playing him. Uh, potentially, like the series is over, man. I don't see this series. I don't see this series going more than five. I really don't see the Celtics pulling off a game as we move back into Brooklyn. I think Kyrie wants to torch torch Boston in Boston because Boston fans give him hell. Some may say rightfully so. 
it's up to you to decide. Um, Tristan Thompson had 15 points and 11 rebounds. He's a guy who continually shows up, just like the guy um, we talked about with the Heat, Dwayne Dedman. Um, this guy's showing up and he's playing. He don't give a damn who's on the floor. He don't give a damn what the score is. He's out here trying to, to rebound, and he's out here trying to score when he can. Um, Time Lord is my X Factor with Tristan Thompson. He had eight points and six rebounds. There's not much they can give you, especially in a blowout. I mean, it is what it is. They combined for only 23 points. 23 points, about 18 rebounds. So it's, that's good production from your centers. But when you got these other guys scoring like they are in Brooklyn, you, you, there's, there's nothing you can do, man. Y'all don't have enough. Um, Kimba had 17. Marcus Smart had 19. Good performance from them. Um, this could be Marcus Smart's last few games as a Celtic. We don't know what they're going to do move forward. I think Marcus Smart is a guy we'd, I'd love to have him on my team, the Lakers. Um, be interesting to see what they're going to do with this team now, what they're going to do with Kimba, what they're going to do with Marcus Smart. Um, you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, which are two great wings. Definitely need to surround them with a, a better big. Maybe get Time Lord healthy, Robert Williams, and get him some more minutes on the floor. But I think the Celtics are toasted. Um, and with that being said, KD had 29 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. He's 8 for 8 from the free throw line, 2 for 2 for 3, 100%. 8 for 12 from the field, and it was just easy. They're, they're, it's just easy for them. It's simple. It's, it's seamless. 15 points from Kyrie, um, 6 for 6. Uh, I mean, 15.6 rebounds, 6 assists, 50% from the field. Um I, I mean, they're, I just, like I said, I don't see them trying hard. I just see them just playing the game and them just, uh, you know, here, yeah, swing it here, your turn. 20 points from Harden, seven assists, five rebounds, 50% from the field and from three. Um, and the man in the room for this series and this game, uh, the man in the room was Joe Harris. He was seven for 10 from three. He had a lot of timely threes. He dominated the game and he put the game away before the others even really got started. Um, for, before the big three really put their stamp on the game, Joe Harris already put them ahead and there was no looking back. Um, the Nets shot 44% from three in the first game, uh, or 44% from three in this game, and they shot 23% in the first game. So even though they won the first game convincingly, um, they. I'd said before, they're not going to shoot this bad. So I don't see it getting no better for Boston if anything is going to get worse. And boy, oh boy, did it get worse. Um, I'm excited, though. We got the rest of Game 2s coming up tomorrow night. Um, we might be able to give you guys another episode. Um, so that'll be this episode will probably come out tomorrow morning, which is Wednesday morning. So we'll probably give you another episode recorded Wednesday night and try to knock out these last game twos and get ready for game three um tomorrow we do got the knicks game is the game i'm most excited to see um i want to see with trey young how he responds to the great game he had i want to see the knicks response to him kind of feeling himself in the media him feeling himself on the floor which he had every right to um we had the we're going to end the game we're going to end this part on a on a on a funny note shout out to the mayor of new york uh, don't have his name on the top of my head but told Trey young stop hunting for fouls he said everybody in new york and people who enjoy watching basketball don't want to see you hunt for fouls Trey young um going to be a great game tomorrow Thank you guys for the support already. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying to give you guys this great NBA content as long with other stuff. Um, as always, thanks for tuning in, family, in this authentic.